Before we start making changes in our lives, we often feel like we have to be good enough or that there is some kind of worthiness requirement, but we just have to take the first step. In the October 2023 General Conference, Elder Costa said, sometimes we may think, I need to fix my life before I come to Jesus. But the truth is that we come to Jesus to fix our lives through him. Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep General Conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. I'm with guest Kahlo Latu. One thing I loved from this conversation is that Kahlo has the best laugh and a true gift for keeping it real. Kahlo teaches music at BYU. She's a sports enthusiast, a foodie, and I loved getting to know her personal story. Kahlo, I'm so excited that you're joining us today. And I'm actually excited that this is the very first episode of 2024. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's going to be 2024. So what is something you're looking forward to in the new year? New growth, just being a better person and living my best life. <laughs> living your best life. I love that. It actually reminds me of a phrase from Elder Costa's talk that we're going to be talking about today where he said, it's okay, you can try again tomorrow. And I think that is why I love a new year. I'm like, it's okay, I can try again in 2024. New beginnings, fresh starts. That's why I'm always excited about a new year. But like I mentioned, we're going to get into Elder Costa's talk from conference. And there were so many things that stood out to me, but one quote that I really loved, and then I want to get into the three things that you took away. One quote that I really loved was where he said, at times having faith in Jesus Christ may seem like something impossible, almost unattainable. We may think that coming unto Christ requires a strength, power, and perfection we don't have, and we just can't find the energy to do it all. But what I have learned from all these people is that faith in Jesus Christ is what gives us the energy to begin the journey. Sometimes we may think, I need to fix my life before I come to Jesus. But the truth is that we come to Jesus to fix our lives through him. And you put it in a beautiful way. You said that there is no entry-level requirement for Jesus. Can you tell me a little bit about that thought and why that stood out to you? Sure. I would like to even take it at a more basic level, which is there's no worthiness requirement to pray and ask for help. Because sometimes it may be too daunting to think, I'm ready to commit to Christ, right? Sometimes it's just, I need help. And, and that's all that they can, that someone can commit to is I need help. <laughs> and I love that, uh, Elder Costa reiterated and underscored this point that we've heard many times, but I think sometimes we forget in our striving to do better and be better. We can sometimes think we must be perfect. And then we lose sight of the reality of what it is to be human and alive, right? None of us are going to be perfect 
at anything. But sometimes we can get trapped into that perfection mentality. And then we fall into harmful thinking such as, I can't pray because I've sinned. And and I think that sometimes people don't pray because they think I've just gone so far. I can't. Or just, you know, I wasn't who I should be. So I'm not going to pray and ask for help. But I love that Elder Costa reinforces the truth that there's no worthiness test to praying, right? So you don't even need to be able to commit to, I am going to be perfected in Christ. You can commit to, I'm going to ask for help. I love that because that gets us on the path and keeps us there. Because sometimes I think we can, in our quest for being good people and keeping commandments, we can become overwhelmed and think, well, because I don't do these things right, why even try? (laughs) Right? And I just, I really love that sentiment that there is no worthiness test. And the fact that you need help is enough. And it can range from everything from small things of, I need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> I just can't find it in myself yeah. to be hopeful or be positive or be kind to, you know, the other end of the spectrum of, I have nowhere else to turn but to God. You know, this reminds me of a talk that Elder Christofferson gave. And it was in uh, September of 2013. It's titled uh, Daily Manna. And it's just a little video snippet that's on the church website. But in it, he talks mm-hmm. about um, sometimes when we are just in the course of life, we can want resolution and we can be doing everything right and we will still suffer. And we pray and we ask for help. And sometimes Heavenly Father just gives us the manna we need for that day. So sometimes he gives us the reassurance we need for that moment. It's not long-term. It's not the long-term solution we want. It's just what we need for that moment. And I think that the practical application of that is wherever we are in life, we can pray and we can make Christ part of our daily life. And we should also be aware that it's not transactional, right? Our, Our interaction with Heavenly Father is not transactional. It's not we pray. We put in our, our five minute prayer and we get back our solution that we've asked for. Not like right. that at all. Right. Sometimes it's just what we need for that moment. And it's very rarely, I think the answer is what we've dictated to Heavenly Father we want. <laughs> this is the beauty of having an omniscient Heavenly Father who knows us. Meaningful, you know, change is not large and it's not immediate. It's often incremental. And that, I think, makes it doable in keeping Christ in our daily lives. Is if we recognize it's small steps, it's not big things. It's small steps and it's the willingness to come to Heavenly Father in our imperfection and in our uncertainty. Why do you think it's so easy to fall into that trap of worth equals worthiness? And have you ever kind of felt yourself fall into that mentality? As to the first question, I think we've... I think it's the tendency in church culture to want perfection because we strive for perfection. That's what we teach. That's what we encourage. But sometimes we forget that that's the ideal that we are striving for. 
And that perfection doesn't just look one way. In short, I think it's in our effort to be the best version of ourselves. Sometimes we can overshoot the mark and create standards that are not, they're not true and they're not healthy in a lot of ways. They distort what Heavenly Father asks of us and what the atonement allows, which is really unfortunate because the atonement is so powerful and can change so much in our lives. But sometimes we can create ideas and practices that prevent us from accessing that power of the atonement of Christ. As to the question, do I ever find myself falling into that? Not often. But I don't think it's any particular strength. I think it's just my personality. I don't often feel guilty about things. Maybe that's a bad thing. <laughs> but but I do recognize I do recognize that that is a true struggle. There are people who feel badly in their effort to be good, feel badly about things that they should not because it's just growing pains. No one's going to be perfect in their growth path, their growth journey, right? We, everyone's learning. That's what the gospel of Christ is for, is to direct our efforts and the ideas that we should have around our efforts and other people's efforts. So what would you say to somebody who really is struggling with that and they feel like they're not good enough yet when you say there's no entry level requirement, what would you say to somebody who feels like they're just not there yet? I would, I would quote Elder Costa to them. And he, he said, we don't come to Jesus because we are perfect. We come to him because we are flawed and in him we can be perfected. And I think that is a truth that we need to preach to each other, to practice and encourage in one another. Right. So perfection is not required immediately. I don't even know that perfection in trying is required immediately because sometimes you just get tired. <laughs> well, and that's what he says. He's like, yeah. sometimes we're just yeah. like too tired and it seems so unattainable. Like there right. are days where I'm like, okay, I am so tired of right. trying. And I, and I love how he says that there are days where we're going to feel like that. Right. Well, I, I, how does he say it? He says, sometimes we, you know, we can pray and, and strive to endure to the end. And then right after that, he says, or just endure to the end of the day. And I would take that further. Sometimes you just need the hour. You just need, I need this win. I just need to be a pleasant person or whatever for one hour. And then it's good. Then you try again. Right. And sometimes it really is. Like, I remember when I was a young mom, they're like, just make it through the day or on my mission, especially try and make it through the day. And I thought that is too long to make it through. I need to break this up a little bit. Yeah. And I like that idea of like, just take it for the, by the hour. Also, I would say Elder Costa talks about the power that comes from covenant keeping, right? And I think this right. is really important to remember. What about that stood out to you? And what do you think he meant by power in intentional covenant keeping? Okay, several things. First, I want to, do you mind if I just read you what President Nelson says? He said, the reward for keeping covenants with God is heavenly power. Power that strengthens us to withstand our trials, temptations, and heartaches better 
Thus, covenant keepers are entitled to a special kind of rest, an emphasis on rest. And I love this. There are two things that I kind of want to talk about this whole, the expectation that comes that one might have because they are a covenant keeper. On the one hand, there's this truth that's taught in the primary song, The Wise Man, right? So we sing this song. I can remember all the words from this, and I learned this in primary, and it has been a minute since I've been in primary. <laughs> and it talks about two men who build homes. One builds it on, builds his home on a stone, on a rock, and the other builds it on sand. And the rains come, and the floods come up, and the rains keep coming. And when the storm clears, the foolish man's house has washed away, and the wise man's house stands still on the rock, right? And I think right there, in very basic, clear terms, is the truth of the power that comes from keeping keeping your covenants, right? You will you will be standing. You will not be washed away. Another thought that came to mind, Elder Costa said, intentionally remembering Jesus Christ is always powerful. Not occasionally, not at the will of God, always powerful. And I take a great comfort in that because it make it gives me as President Nelson says, a certain kind of rest. It gives me reassurance that difficult things can happen and they will happen as the song teaches us. Those rains and floods come to everyone. There is no amount of covenant keeping that is going to make your life trouble free. That's not what we are promised. What we are promised is we will have power. So there's reassurance in knowing you will survive. (laughs) Okay. So that that's one thing. But sometimes surviving is not fun, right? That's not an, ex- no, who wants to survive if you're going to suffer? <laughs> Just get washed away and move on, right? It's kind of what I think sometimes. But of course, we know in life, there's no such thing. <laughs> there's just There is power and peace and rest that comes from covenant keeping. But I love where he said both Elder Costa and President Nelson talk about extra power to deal with trials and temptations and heartaches. I think all of these things speak to agency. And I think part of the power that comes from keeping your covenants is you have control. You have control over how you will respond. It's such a powerful thought that our covenants give us power. But when have you experienced that? When have you experienced the winds and the storms and the rain and you're still standing? How have your covenants in your everyday given you power? Okay, well, here's a pleasant story. I'll tell you a pleasant one since I have so many unpleasant ones. Here's a pleasant one. I have a calling in my ward and it is time intensive. And I remember one time I had felt directed to do something. And I started down that road. I thought, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. Always, I think it's a great idea when there's nothing going on in my life. And I look at the calendar. And yes, there are five other things on that day. But, you know, I'm feeling well and I'm feeling rested. So I think, oh, great. It'll be fine. And then we get 72 hours before and the world is falling apart. And I think, what a bad idea. This was not inspired. I'm so stressed out. I've already made all these commitments. People are coming, so there's no jumping off this flight. 
right? <laughs> I just think, this is so, I don't know if anyone else has felt this, but I feel like I'm going to explode. I know there's a fuse. I don't care there's a fuse. I'm ripping the fuse out and I'm going to just light the thing. <laughs> I remember being exhausted and and thinking logically, I don't know how this is going to get done. And the thought came to my mind, call the first counselor and the bishop and ask him to take care of this one thing you don't know how to do. And I, for a fleeting moment, had a thought. That man does not look like he has any of those skills. And then it was followed by, but I'm too tired. I don't care. <laughs> that I'm just going to ask him. And then if he doesn't do it, oh, well, the world will not die. It just won't be as good as it could have been. <laughs> and so I remember I called him. I didn't know him very well. I called him. I told him what I needed. And I asked him, will you take care of it? And this is a man who is also very busy, right? And he has a demanding career. And I, I just remember, I told him what I needed. I didn't even tell him how to do it. I just said, this is what I need. And he said, okay. And that's it. I hung up and I promptly forgot about it because that was part of the direction that came to me. I remember I made that phone call the minute I hung up. I can't even describe it to you other than complete peace. I just, I felt all the turmoil that I was feeling and the anxiety, and then also probably the negative thinking, thinking all disappeared. Well, guess what? We show up to this ward obligation that we had, and can you believe it? The man did it. <laughs> and not only did he do it, he did it better than I could have ever imagined. I repented of my disbelief in his abilities. <laughs> and, and But most importantly, at that moment, I felt like Heavenly Father said to me, I see you. I appreciate your effort and I will help you. And, and it was like his reminder to me that he's aware, he is there. And if I ask, right, I wasn't in a good spirit when I prayed. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was not feeling hopeful or faithful, but I did feel at that moment when I, when I walked into the ward building and what I had asked for had been given and in a much better way than I could have ever imagined or directed him to do. That was to me, heavenly father saying to me, I'm here and I will help you. This is, this has now been several years, but I still remember what it feels like, what it felt like in that moment to receive revelation from Heavenly Father. I think when you make covenants with Heavenly Father, He can help you in the big things, the things that break your heart, and He can help you in the little things that just make your life better, right? I mean, it was better for that day, but obviously better for me years later because that is a gift to me it is worth the effort to try and keep Christ as a daily part of your life. Well, I think that's the power it, that comes from keeping our covenants. And Elder Costa talks about those in the little ways and the big ways. I mean, he gives some pretty powerful examples of people who have lost everything or really terrible events have happened to them, often by no choice of their own. And then he goes on to talk about like the transformational power of our covenants where he says we can forgive what seems unforgivable. 
whatever we're worrying about, that we can still go out and smile for no reason. And that is the power that comes in keeping our covenants. And he said every day, every day trying to reach out to Jesus, right? Trying to reach out to our heavenly father. And it starts with the little things. Right. You know, I want to, I want to bring up something that I thought about. There are those who are able to keep their covenants, I think their whole life, right? They may get tired, but they don't truly take a pause. Do you know what I mean? And then there are those who don't keep their covenants. And the beauty of the love of God is that whenever you decide, it's there for you. And again, there is no worthiness test. None, right? I want to share with you an experience I had in sacrament meeting a couple of weeks ago. There was a man who got up and he shared about his experience and in sacrament meeting. And he said, I am an addict. I am a drunk. I will always be an alcoholic. There will never be a time in my life where I do not have to be vigilant and it will not require effort for me to not do the things I should. And he said, yeah, I was right. It's not no fault of my parents. My parents were good parents. They taught us correct principles, took us to church, set good examples. I just had no interest in the church. And he said over the course of from teenage years to through his twenties, he engaged in behaviors that have changed the course of his life for the rest of his life. Right. And, and then he said, then I, I got to a point where I realized this is not I am not happy and I want to change. I have children. I want to change, but I don't know how to, because these addictions are so powerful. And he said, I prayed, I prayed. And I asked, so, you know, he's not doing anything he should. And he just knew because of his parents' teachings, where to go for help. And he got on the path for help, but he says this, I was enrolled in AA, which is, I guess, in a recovery program for people with addictions. And he said, AA was Heavenly Father's way of telling me he loved me because it was the path of repentance for me. And that's a truth that we're taught in one of the parables, right? Of the parable of the uh, laborers, right? There are people who get called early in the day. And then there are people who don't receive work until the 11th hour. And yet they still receive the same wage as the person who started earlier in the day. And I know there are some who may think that's unfair, but I think it's a testament to Heavenly Father's love and the atoning power of Christ's atonement for us that whenever we choose, right? We talk about being tired. We talk about not, some of us not being ready to commit, right? But whenever we choose to, Heavenly Father is ready to give us the fullest blessings that he can give us. and. Listening to that brother in church share that testimony just reminded me that, yes, we strive to be covenant keepers. And then we encourage those who choose to keep their covenants. And the blessings are so beautiful and they're so enormous that we want everyone to be able to partake. Well, I think that leads us into your third point, which is that covenant keeping gives purpose to life experiences. So I just want to ask you, how has covenant keeping given purpose to your life? I'll just repeat what I said before. It brings me peace. 
it brings me power to make good decisions, even when there are influences that would make it easy to not. And it also gives me the wisdom to know what to do in difficult situations. I had an experience once where I had to make a difficult decision and I was prayerful. I was going to the temple. I wasn't doing anything that I needed to go talk to the bishop about. I can honestly say I, my conscience was free of needing to ask anyone for forgiveness and things were not going the way that they were supposed to. And it wasn't just, it started out with a few days, few weeks, few months, then a couple of years. And I remember at one point being so angry just because I was keeping my covenants. I was doing everything that they tell you to do in conference talks. I was attending the temple. I was doing it all right. Oh, yes. I was checking all the boxes. Right. And I, and I think, and, and I was constantly evaluating. Am I acting on what I want or am I willing to do whatever Heavenly Father wants me to do? And I can honestly say, I regularly asked Heavenly Father. I was, as Elder Christofferson said, I had tried everything. And I was at the point where I'm like, God is the only one that can answer these questions. Like, and I was, and I just wanted resolution and I wanted peace and I was not getting it. And I was furious. And it had nothing to do with not thinking God heard me. It had nothing to do with the reality of Heavenly Father or Christ. I believed in the atonement. I was angry it was not working when I wanted it to. I wasn't even trying to think of this as a transactional thing, but kind of, right? I had done all the right things, so I wanted solutions. (laughs) And I remember after several years, several years of dealing with this issue and lots of tears and praying. I never stopped praying. And I didn't start doing anything that I would have to repent of later. I was just angry. And I know some people may think anger in itself is a sin. I don't think it is. But <laughs> but I do, I, I, I felt it was acknowledging that things were not going the way that I wanted them to or that were bringing me happiness. And I remember after one night, it, it happened in a weekend. I just prayed and I said, I'm going to make this decision and I need to know that it's right. I didn't know if I was going to get any help with that because I hadn't gotten any help before. (laughs) I'm just going to keep asking because eventually this is going to work, right? And I just remember I had the clearest feeling move forward. And I did. And I, I had conflict because on the one hand, I was grateful that my prayer had been answered. I received the resolution I wanted. On the other hand, it did not solve some of my main concerns, but I had complete peace and I had reassurance that all would be made right. No time frame, but that it would. And that was enough. And I think that just in closing, I think that is what it looks like in real life to be a covenant keeper and work through the difficult things, right? And as Elder Christofferson said, Sometimes we don't get solutions immediately because we need to learn how to walk with Christ. And when your trial is prolonged, you learn how to walk with Christ and trust, right? 
And I just, I just want to close with this thing that uh, Elder, this experience that Elder Costa said, you know, he shared the story about the Savior and the raging seas and, and the apostles. And then the Savior calms the seas. And then he turns to the apostles and he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And I felt like that was my question. Like, what is it you want me to do? I'm doing everything you want me to do. And just calm the sea. <laughs> like, why are you upset at me for being upset about the calms, you know, the raging sea, right? Like, what is it you want me to do? And then he shares that story of that woman who lost her home. She says, she says to Elder Costa, there's those fires in Chile, right? And she said, I saw that all the nearby houses were burning down. And she said, I knew with certainty my house would burn down. And I knew I would lose everything. And then she said, I felt complete peace. And I think that is the blessing. That is what it looks like to be a covenant keeping member of this church. You can have peace in the midst of terrible devastation. And the peace is not, you won't suffer. She lost her house and she lost everything that she owned. It was just the certainty that it would all work out. It was that. And when I read that story, I recognized it from my own experience. One of my favorite lines from that talk where Elder Costa says, the pain that becomes bearable thanks to faith in Jesus Christ. And I think so often I have pain that only becomes bearable through faith. It will be made right. And I, I trust in that promise. And I trust in the strengthening power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And that through my covenants, that pain can become bearable. Doesn't mean that the pain's going to be taken away or that things are going to work out or it's going to look the same for everybody. But somehow we're still standing. Somehow the pain becomes bearable. I, I love that thought. I think it's so powerful to know and understand. So as we conclude this conversation. You know, we like to end every conversation with a small and simple challenge, something that we can hang on to and work on throughout the week. So Kahlo, what would be your small and simple challenge for us to do this week? Pray. That's, that's it. I mean, I think that will be different for different people, but I just think it starts with prayer. Just pray. If you are not ready to commit to keeping covenants, that's okay. I think Heavenly Father allows us to grow. But I would say just pray. I think that works for new people. That works for people who have kept covenant for the majority of their lives. I think it works for everyone. I love that. So good. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I loved talking to you, joining in this conversation. I'd love to see what you think and hear your experiences on Instagram. Instagram.